Matthew 6, in your Bibles, we're looking again at the Lord's Prayer, verses 9 to 13. Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, our sins, our trespasses as we also forgive those who sin and trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Another translation puts it this way. Jesus says, pray like this, our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of Your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest Your kingdom realm and cause Your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge You as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For You are the King who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. Obedient faith. Sometimes you receive gifts in the strangest ways. Perhaps you've experienced that. I know I have. Pastor and author Ray Stedman, who passed in 1992, he told a story of an experience he had when he was ministering in the eastern United States. One morning as he was having breakfast alone, there in front of him on the table was a beautiful pewter salt and pepper set with a small creamer to go along with it. In a moment of weakness, Ray Stedman thought, now that would fit neatly into my suitcase. I could take that home and this place would never miss it. And then the more he thought about it and the scandal he would create as a minister stealing these things, he thought better. I can't do that. The next Sunday while he was preaching, he was on the subject of stealing and he admitted this experience to everyone gathered that day. He said, I want you to know that even I can be tempted to do that. A week later, the following Sunday morning, at his study when he arrived, there was a little package. He unwrapped it to find a lovely pewter salt and pepper shaker and creamer. Someone in the congregation who had heard his story called back to the place that Ray had been ministering and made inquiry on the table set. They thought, if he wants it that much... I'll buy it and send it to him. That Sunday morning, Ray told the congregation about receiving this gift to his surprise. And then he added, I also noticed this wonderful color television set. 
But I didn't get the television set, he said. <laughs> Temptation. Obedient faith. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This next step that we come to in the Lord's Prayer is probably the most paradoxical part of the Lord's Prayer. In fact, it can seem preposterous. Does Jesus really mean that we are to ask God to pave the road of life before us in such a way that we are never tempted? At first, these words can seem a bit confusing in light of other scriptures that assure us God does not tempt anyone. James 1, verses 13 and 14 explicitly tells us that. Lift your voices. It's on the screen for us. James 1, 13 and 14. And read it nice and loud together with me, will you? God is never tempted to do wrong. And He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. So, God does not tempt anyone. I wonder how many millions of Christ followers have prayed these words in the Lord's Prayer that we are looking at today without ever thinking about their shocking nature if taken at face value. Interpreters tend to assume that this request lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, that it hinges on the meaning of two words. The meaning of temptation and the meaning of evil or the evil one. But these words themselves don't on their own decide for us. The context of these words that Jesus speaks also helps us understand what He is saying. And, and this leads us to the question of why God would test or tempt, or even more, could God tempt or test? Well, James has already made clear to us that God doesn't tempt, per se, we know that in teaching us to pray, lead us not into temptation, Jesus is not teaching us that we must beg God not to trick us into sinning. Because God doesn't do that. As James tells us, it's impossible for the good God to be complicit with evil. Nor is Jesus teaching us a prayer for escaping the demands of growth that come through God's leading us. And, beloved, He does lead us into or allow us to pass through periods of trial and testing. Doesn't He? Linda, Linda's story is a prime example of that. Parallels with other ancient Jewish prayers and possibly the Aramaic working behind this particular verse, verse 13, 
suggest that the first line means, let us not sin when we are tested. Lead us not into temptation. Let us not sin when we are tested. Rather than a plea to let us not be tested at all. But when we are tested, let us not sin when we are tested. Matthew, interestingly, always uses the verb paradso, which is the word that's signifying testing here, temptation, as it's translated. And it, 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 it's, it is better rendered testing or trial rather than temptation. Our faith in order to grow, must and will stand testing and trial. I'll say that again, beloved. Our faith, in order to grow, must stand testing or trial. Your faith, my faith, will eventually, sooner or later, stand trial. Stand testing. And in that testing, may we not be tempted to sin. That, that's what Jesus is getting at here. So it is possible that God could test us, which is the whole point even of the wilderness wanderings of Israel. In the Older Testament as we read them, and even the experience of Jesus as we see a couple of chapters prior to our passage at hand here in Matthew chapter 4. We must realize that dealing with testing, trials, temptations, and evil are ordinary dimensions of ordinary life for those who follow Jesus. Don't be surprised. Think it not strange when you come into seasons of testing and trial and potential temptation. It, this is standard fare. It's par for the course, if you will, of those who follow Jesus. It's interesting that there's also a, an, an eschatological element to Jesus words here. That is, as people who are living in the last days, and we are people who are living in the last days as they are called, or the end of the age, it's important that we understand this somber and realistic note, this jolt of reality that Jesus gives us. Jesus believed that there was a great time of testing coming upon the world and that he would have to walk alone into its darkness. And even now, in light of the accomplished work of Christ that we have celebrated even here this morning around the Lord's table and in worship, and particularly that we celebrate during Easter, and with the guidance and power of the Holy Spirit, we still need to pray this way. as we move toward an imminent arrival of the fullness of the kingdom of God, 
there will yet come more times of testing, crisis, times when all seems dark and difficult for the world, the church, and in our own hearts and lives. Beloved, if we follow a crucified Messiah, we shouldn't expect to be spared the darkness ourselves. This is a day in our nation of great trouble and gloom, it seems, even with this recent election. And we see how divided the the nation is at this time, east and west. How we need the reconciling, redeeming Spirit of God in these days. We must pray for our leaders and our government as never before. We must and may pray to be kept from the darkness's worst ravages and to be delivered from evil both in the abstract and in its personified form. As you could read this verse that Jesus gives us in this step as the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. So, in order to understand exactly what Jesus is teaching, we must first gain a clear understanding of these words that he uses, temptation, testing. It's a word that carries a two-sided meaning. And we've got to understand the context in which he's using this word. First, temptation essentially has to do with the desire of an adversary to test and break through our defenses. It is the devil's desire to cause us to fall. You realize that, yes? It's his desire to cause us to fall. Secondly, temptation deals with the strength gained through encountering an adversary. That is, when the one who is tested, you, me, when we are tested, we overcome the test and the trial. And the resulting victory builds strength and brings growth through the test and through the trial. I can tell you with a great measure of confidence that Linda's Faith is much stronger now than it was before she went through what she has been through. Because she has grown and she has been strengthened through it. So turn to somebody and tell them, don't just go through it, grow through it. Go ahead, tell them that, will you? Don't just go through it, grow through it. That's God's intention for us. It's God's desire to give victory. It's Satan's desire to to bring us down to see us fall. But hallelujah, it's God's desire to give us victory and to give us experience in the tactics of spiritual warfare against the devil. So temptation, therefore, is both positive and negative depending on our viewpoint and our response. devil seeks to cause us to fall. God redeems it and seeks to use it to test us, to prove us, 
to grow us and make us big people. So in that light, Jesus isn't suggesting that we should ask or expect to avoid the kind of confrontation he himself faced with Satan. In fact, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, watch this, the Holy Spirit, we've studied this passage together, the Holy Spirit actually led Christ into the wilderness. He led him into the darkness. Jesus didn't just stumble there Himself. He was led there by the Spirit of God. Have you ever considered that the darkness, the wilderness, the struggle you may be facing right now is something that the Spirit of God has led you into? And if He has led you into it, there is purpose He has. He will bring you through it and He wants to grow you through it. He was led into the wilderness experience of conflict with the devil. Interesting. And as a direct result of overcoming this time of temptation, Jesus was brought to a place of victory and dominion over the enemy. And the Spirit of God seeks to do the same for you and me as we give ourselves to be people of the Spirit as He's called us to be and as He leads us just as He led Jesus. So clearly, if God is the one leading, everybody say leading. If God is the one leading, then this section of the Lord's Prayer holds a promise of victory for us. Victory in testing and trial. Rather than a plea for relief from struggle, it's a promise of victory in testing. And further, lead, this word lead gains clarity with the next verb that is used, deliver, to rescue, which means to deliver both from and out of or to preserve in the midst of. Please hear this, beloved. We are not asking God in praying and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We are not asking God, please don't play with us as pawns on a chessboard, risking our loss by leading us into questionable situations. We're not praying that. Instead, if we examine our various translations of this challenging verse and note the tense and the mood of the verb and the the verbs and the grammar that are used here, translated lead and bring unto, we're going to discover that the phrase lead us not into temptation is a guarantee of victory and breakthrough. If we'll take it. A clear translation of these words shows that Jesus is actually directing us to pray, Father, should we at any point be face to face with temptation or test or trial, we want to come out delivered, developed, and victorious. Hallelujah! Father, should at any point 
I face, I come face to face with temptation or test or trial of various kinds. I'm not going to be surprised by that. I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be upset with you. I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm going to understand that you desire for me to come through this and to grow through it. And so, therefore, I want to come out delivered, developed, and victorious as you intend me. So the issue in this portion of the Lord's Prayer is a questioning not of God's character, but rather it's a questioning of ours. Our character. Such a prayer is acknowledging and saying, Lord, I know You won't lead or introduce me into any situations but those for my refinement, and for my growth, and for my victory. Therefore, when I encounter circumstances designed to lead me astray, Father, I will recognize that it is not Your will for me to walk that way, to be led astray. God, I'm committing myself in advance to want victory, to desire deliverance, to seek breakthrough, and to take the way of escape your word promises and tells me. Look at 1 Corinthians with me. Will you? It's on the screen for us. Let's read it together again. Proclaim the word. Let this get into your spirit. If we can just go to the next slide. Oh, one more again. We're a few slides behind. Here we are. Declare this together, will you? We all experience times of temptation and testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity and nature and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? If you're in the middle of something right now, of test and trial, God believes in you. And He believes that in Him and by the power of His Spirit and the fullness of His Spirit in you as a person of the Spirit, you can endure and come through this victoriously. Not just go through it, but grow through it. So here is obedient faith. This is obedient faith. It's confronting the reality of our vulnerability to temptation. It's sometimes so quick in its rise and so subtle in its approach that Jesus' prayer lesson here teaches us our need to have our steps established in advance through regular ongoing prayer, living a life of prayer. With these words, lead us not, we come to the Lord in advance. 
and we commit ourselves to recognize and receive His deliverances rather than allow temptation to entangle us in its snares. This prayer doesn't question God's nature or leading, but instead it declares we are casting ourselves upon You, Lord, and Your mercy and Your grace that you're going to use this to build me, and I'm going to grow through this and go through it victoriously. Beloved, it's important for us to understand the intent of this prayer because humankind is so easily deluded by temptation. Once again, Jesus isn't suggesting it is God's nature to trick us or to corrupt us by tempting us. In fact, He is emphasizing it is God's nature to rescue and deliver us from evil. So what the enemy has intended for evil, God means to make that something for our good as He enables us and empowers us to endure and grow through it, and we come out the other side of it stronger than we were before. Are you seeing this? The prayer simply establishes a commitment on our part to receive the triumphant, New creation life of Christ and all that it offers us in dominion over evil. Our lives become more effective when we avoid being neutralized by hell's manipulations or by our own flesh's cry for self-indulgence. Rather than yielding to temptation, we see this is God's test to prove and build and refine me and develop me and grow me. And I'm going to go through this victoriously in Him. This prayer doesn't remove temptation's challenge. But it does help us understand that we aren't evil just simply because we're tempted. Temptation is not sin, beloved. You realize that. Temptation is not sin. It's common to the human experience. We, we just read it together in Paul's words in Corinthians. As Martin Luther, church reformer put it, you cannot keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. If we seek Him first, God will deliver us out of temptation and rescue us every time we face a a test, a trial, or tribulation. Read this together with me. It's on the screens. Timothy's words. Paul's words to Timothy. Read them. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack. He is keeping me safe in His heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Yes and amen. Whatever you're in the middle of right now, 
whatever you're walking through of test and trial and tribulation, however in it the adversary is trying to tempt you, hold fast to the Lord in the fullness of the Spirit. Grow through it. Endure. Come through victorious and stronger on the other side. He is with you. He will deliver you. He will keep you safe. So my friends, as people of the Spirit, when we pray, deliver us from evil, we are committing ourselves to walk in triumph and dominion over the things that would seek to conquer us. To live a life of prayer in obedient faith. And to live this way is to count on God's deliverance, for He is more than able. He suffered and endured every test and temptation that we could ever experience ourselves. He suffered and endured all of it so that He can help us every time we pass through the ordeals of this life. Hebrews tells us we have a high priest. His name is Jesus. And He has been tested and tried and tempted in every way. In every way that you and I could ever experience. And He's come through victorious. So that we can come through victorious. Hallelujah.